Hey folks, and welcome to the next episode of The Prestige, a podcast by two film lovers for lots more film lovers. Each week we pick a film, we talk about our reaction to that movie, our experience of that movie, and some of the ideas and themes and motifs and styles that we saw and liked or didn't like in that movie. We are currently on what we've dubbed our world tour, so we've been going through South America, working our way up to up the continent and hopefully from there around the world. My co-pilot on this journey is one of my oldest friends, Sam. He is a very, very educated person. He has read more books than I've probably seen in films and he brings a weight of academic knowledge and literary understanding to our discussions. And I'm Rob. I've spent a large chunk of my career working in the film industry being on the practical end of making movies and so hopefully i bring some of that practical filmmaking film knowledge to the conversation together we come up with this show we would end the show with talking about some recommendations some further reading as we call it movies that are inspired by this movie or we feel like a we can draw a link between <clears throat> But we always start the show with talking about what else we've been watching. The other movies, TV series, books, comics, anything else we've been enjoying since our last recording. So, Sam, the UK is sweltering in a heatwave. What have you been enjoying whilst keeping out of the bright sun? I've just realised how non-appropriate this is. Um, so UK in the middle of a heat wave, and I'm gonna talk about an ice hockey documentary. Um, now the thing is, I I don't particularly I don't know an awful lot about ice hockey. I don't tend to follow it much. Um, I generally just watch it every four years when the Winter Olympics is on, and then I really get into it. But just in that intense way that you tend to every four years um, and other, other than that I don't know very much I don't watch very much um, but this documentary is really engaging um, and I liked it because there is a part of me that likes a bit of ice hockey anyway um, I also like it because this is a really well made documentary it's one of the all or nothing series um, and I found myself watching one last year about Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. I have absolutely no interest in Spurs, but it was like a really compelling documentary. Um, and the final thing is it's narrated by um, a long-time fan of the team and comic actor Will Arnett, and he is brilliant. Um so, yeah, there are lots of things to like about this documentary, and I really enjoyed it. And I would recommend it not just to um, ice hockey fans, I'm sure it's something you'd be interested in, but just fans of, well, certainly Will Arnett, comic acting in general, but um, just fans of well-made films. It's really good. I am a hockey fan, so it sounds up my street. Really good. All or nothing Toronto Maple Leafs. I will have a a watch of that at some point. I am being incredibly um, unoriginal and I have been watching what is the, in many ways, the hot 
topic, the hot content currently, and I've caught up to date with Stranger Things Series 4, Parts 1 and 2. Um, if anyone hasn't seen it, I won't go into spoilers about it, but it is the, not the culmination, because that's Season 5, but the certainly the building and the crescendo of the show, which is about teenagers in 80s America, in small-town America, dealing with forces beyond their imagining from beyond the pale it is very much in that kids on bikes kind of genre but it is one of the sort of it is the big one currently it's i can't think of anyone who's listened to this show who hasn't heard of stranger things and it's brilliant hands down season four is one of my favorite seasons of tv i've seen in a long time now i like horror i like the genre that they're playing it's very much up my street but i think yeah i I would i wouldn't be hard pushed to say that season four is one of my favorite seasons of tv i've seen in a decade it's it's very very good and it nails all its endings and it nails all its character beats it sets things up beautifully for the last i mean setting up beautifully for the last season i'm all on board so yeah a praising, a gushing, praising review of that. Uh, I just, I think everyone should watch it. No, I have to say, I, I didn't really get on with the first season, and it just turned me off it, and I haven't watched since then. So it feels like it's quite an investment of time to get back into it for season four. It is, and I will say this, that I watched season one, loved it, I got about two episodes into season two when it first came out and bounced off it, and didn't go back, and so after they released the first half of season four, and everyone was raving about it, I thought, you know what, I should catch up, so in two weeks I watched everything from like season three, season two, episode three, all the way through to the end. So I went on a hardcore deep dive, which certainly probably, you know, skewed my view on how well it worked. Um, but no, I have caught up from well behind very recently. Um, as Rob said, we are continuing on our rather grandly titled world tour, um, which is going through Latin America at the moment. Um, and we've gone through almost the mainland of South America and we are still Stopping off in the Caribbean, the Dominican Republic in particular, with the film from 2007, Junior. El director de un macho de mujer ahora nos llega, Junior. Claro que tú crees que yo soy. Antonio Latina Films presenta a Charitín Goico. Sabe, 
Una película de Alfonso Rodríguez. You know, is and is very interesting depiction of um, two applicants to um, a certain prestigious college. Um, one poor, the other rich, from two different sides of the track, sort of thing, and they partner up to help each other through this exam. Um, it, it, it shows you a lot about the class divide in the Dominican Republic, and there's a lot about the main characters. Um, I suppose slum background, ghetto background, and his mate in whom he takes in into his into his world in order to study for this exam. So, Rob, what are your thoughts about this? I I liked it, but I wouldn't say I loved it. I think that. In many ways, I felt the film had some really interesting characterizations in it. It had some really interesting moments in it. But overall, it felt a bit like what I would kind of class as a after-tool special. It had that kind of vibe of like, see, poor people aren't all bad. And see, rich people aren't all bad. Um, you know, we've all learned something today about each other. It had, it had a strong vibe of that. It had a strong vibe of sort of an afternoon channel 5 movie which is well made well made but it's just kind of it's trying to be a good and wholesome movie um and you know that the 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 only real bad guys in are the harassing police and the people who steal from your car steal your wheels from your car oh they're nice guys really just ask for it back you'll be fine and i think having having on this journey watched the intellectuality of god this felt very vanilla. Yeah. It felt very like the, 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 the world in which Uniel comes from is portrayed as this rough, run down, inner city urban area with rife crime, and it just didn't feel that way. Mm. Um, and whilst the rich life of Junior certainly was well to do it wasn't like having live in the world with you know billionaires and jeff bezos and all of that he didn't feel wildly out of touch you know yeah and like it feels like paradoxically because you mentioned city of god and that's sort of a historical piece that's kind of set in the past mm. and even though this isn't this film felt like more 70s it was just just where the city of god the the urgency of city of god felt it it made it feel very modern even though it was set in the past and this like there was no urgency to it at all it felt quite yeah, yeah it, it felt quite quite laid back quite back in the past yeah it felt very chilled about it and mm. And even though there obviously was, like, there were situations that arose with, you know, there was violence and there was 
illness and there was like crisis moments it all felt very i don't know what the word for it is but i suppose lacking a word here sam may give me the words up but everyone in that experience of when you're growing up when you're a teenager or when you're at university everything seems wildly important massive and then you reach a bit older and you look back and think well why was i so upset about that that really doesn't matter um, and as your life gets bigger and, and changes, you look back and think, well, why we all or everyone was so upset over that thing person said? Because you know what? It just doesn't matter, really. And this had that same vibe of just like, I look at it and I just think, I mean, none of these problems are real problems. Yeah. And the film didn't present them as real problems. They were obstacles, certainly. But like, as you say, City of God, like things were really dangerous in that movie. Like, the things people were doing were dangerous. The film portrayed the violence of their lives and the problems of their life in real, visceral ways. And Uniol just, it didn't feel that way. And, like, the party, they went to the party in, in the slums. It just felt like a party. Yeah. And none of it had that same kind of feel. And I just felt the, it felt... I think often on this show we talk about films being uneven and this felt the opposite. It felt very flat. Um, I will yeah. say, we, we have obviously kind of laid in the film a little bit. I think some of the actors give some brilliant performances um, and I think that there are some nice moments and there are some really nice performances by very much of the crew, but a bit of the cast even. But I do think, yeah, it just felt like the scene in which juniors being bullied and beaten up by like a gang of four um, local thugs I suppose it felt more like high school bullying than mm. like d- genuinely dangerous violence on the streets of a slum yeah yeah, yeah I mean just going back to City God again the, that, this scene with, with the children and the guns is just so like you said, just so visceral, and there was nothing in this film like that at all. Mm. It just, yeah, I think that was it for me. It felt, like, I think that, I think if I'm going to try and diagnose some of the issues, I think the film tried to do a bit too much, and it let it down on all fronts. Like, there is a story about a kid from the work from the slums going into a rich world and having to tutor this kid. And discovering yeah. his footing and how the, some of the some of the um, the rich people treat him, all that kind of that, that's a, a story. Um, and then there's also a story of the the rich kid who falls foul with his dad and is you know made to go and live um, down in the uh, in the slums to experience real life, and that's a whole story in itself. But yeah, it just felt because this is a. There are parts of this film which feel very much about Junior and his experience in mm. this this poor neighbourhood. And then you think, well, actually this film's called Junior. It should be about him. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Like you say, it's trying to tell all these stories. And I think, I mean, the film, I feel the film is trying to set up this to, like there's a mirroring to this of each of them stepping into the other world they don't know. And requiring the help of their person to survive. But 
Uniel going into Junior's world feels like advice on the swimsuits he should wear. And Junior going into Uniel's world involves gangsters and running from the cops. Mm. And yeah. the film tried to make, I felt, tried to make it seem like these were comparable and balanced stories. Yeah. And at the same time, the film clearly didn't set up in any way. Um, I mean, obviously, they had uh, Pepe, his um, junior friend, who was very virulently anti-Uniel in terms of him being poor and being from the streets and why you hang out. And, like, there was a real antagonism there, but it was played more for laughs. Yeah. It wasn't like you ever felt that Pepe was any kind of threat to Uniol. Um And I think... Just talking about now, one thought has clarified to me and occurred to me, which is that I wouldn't say I know a lot about the personalities of Junior and Uniel. No. They are both, like, they are in the situations they're in, but they are both quite bland as people. Yeah. Um, and there was, there, was, there was kind of like this goodwill hunting vibe to um, Uniel being this whiz at this quiz and all that, but that kind of nowhere in the end either. And yeah, I mean, I think it was fine, but it was nothing to write home about, really, as yeah. me. Yeah. It's it's about this idea of trying to tell too many stories because mm. it ends up not really giving you enough information about any of the characters. It doesn't really flesh out any of the stories at all. And yeah, I mean, I, I will always go to bat for a movie that ends with a like a here are they now secondly. I always love movies that end that kind of way, uh, Animal House, that kind of thing. But like, the film came up with these endings for the characters, but none of them seem related to the movie. That no. makes sense. Like one of them is an interesting lawyer. I'm like, lovely. I didn't know she wanted to be a lawyer. That kind of felt wasn't covered by the movie at that point, and yeah. Pepe opened a who was stabbed but survived. Opened a string of like gyms, and like okay, was he in? Was a gym a thing he was doing? Yeah. And it it just felt, I don't know. It felt not wish fulfillment because it wasn't wish fulfillment. It just felt like well, we need to have endings. So let's do this. It felt a lot well thought through. Yeah, I do. I do have to say, though, that and I'm quite lukewarm about this film as well, but there were some, like you said, there's some sort of, some, some standout moments in this film. And the sequence with Carmen and police harassment was mm. brilliant. I did read, and it was, I kind of wanted more than that, more than just, Effectively, what you knew I was saying afterwards was just like, yeah, this this is the ghetto. This is this is what it is. Mm. We just deal with it. And then the film seemed to shrug its shoulders and move on. You're like, well, you've made a really serious point there. And it's not, I mean, this film's only 15 years old. It's not like it's 35 years old. Mm. This, this is, I mean, this is several years after City of God. This is a modern film. It should be making making a significant point about some of this. So I, I did really, it, it was sequences like that that were brilliant that I wanted more of, but yeah. maybe I think a bit frustrated by this film. Because I think that, like that, you're right, that scene was a great scene because it portrayed everything in this 
in the greys in which they live. Mm. Like the police are hassling um, an essentially an innocent woman, um, but there is crime happening in this area. So the police aren't there to deal with that, but the gangsters wade in to try and prevent their friend's girlfriend getting in trouble, but clearly they know the police. So there's an element of like familiarity between the police and the gangsters. And yeah, Unio is like, he's raging and he, you feel like he, he loses temper point and the gang, and everyone reveals their sense of gray in this. Everyone reveals the gray area between themselves. And that, within that you have this moment, but then after that, we go back to being, perfect white knights and all of that it just didn't feel like it did anything with that information yeah it just it it feels frustratingly flat this Mm. this film does feel flat and it's disappointing because there are these moments of well it's it's moments of relief in both senses of the word they're relief in terms of being being in relief from the rest of the film and they're also sort of a bit of relief from other things that are going on. And, you know, at the end you have, I think it's, um, Pepe, um, gets stabbed. Is it stabbed or gets shot? I think it's stabbed, doesn't he? It's not shot, he gets shot. No, shot. Shot at a, um, a, a carjacking. Um, but it was just like, out of nowhere? Does that make mm. sense? Yeah. Like, we didn't know the, the, um, thugs. We didn't know, really, what Pepe was doing beyond, it just kind of happened. And it made me think a lot of, infamously, I think we talked about it when we did the episode on Clerks, Clerks had an original ending in which uh, Dante gets robbed and killed in a, um, oh. a, a, a robbery gone wrong. And they shot it, and it's a whole ending you can watch. But in the end, it's just like, well, why is this here? Like, this is, is out of tune with the rest of this movie. And so Kevin Smith cut it. He cut the ending, and you have the ending you have, which is kind of like, they just went home for the day, which is perfect for that movie. And this felt a bit like the same, which is like, oh, we now need we need a scene in which something bad happens, and we show how rough the um, the um, thugs are, and nothing happened with that or went anywhere. And it's like there could have been a story there about how knowing Uniol, they all got too comfortable with the slums, and they all thought they were safe, but they're not. Cause the slums are vicious and mean, you know. Like the slums are this hulking, lurking beast in this story that they are the you know the almost the Lovecraftian antagonist of the movie but they didn't they didn't know it it just kind of went no just a, a thing that happened after all the other things that happened and that's that's what you're saying like is tonally not quite fitting and it's something that kevin smith understood that it didn't work tonally but that's what this film needs to be about it needs to be about tone there need to be this is this is what I want from this film. I'm not quite getting from this film. There needs to be some gradations of tone and understanding that there are these differences. Yeah, and I just it just say flat is the answer. Mm. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that was a shame. Sam, let's not dwell too long on a movie that neither of us wildly rave about. Do you have movies to recommend? Um, connected um, to, related to, inspired by. Yes, I have. Um, well, I feel like this is something. This is a TV series, not a film. Something I mentioned quite a lot, but the first series or two of these were. 
mean, firstly, hotbed of emerging acting talent. Um, one of the protagonists was Shelley Mortiz, who's also in this film. But also, it was actually pretty good before it went off the rails somewhat. And it's the series Heroes. I, um, I saw the link and I, I uh, thought, oh, I can see something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, the second one is rather more out there and also not a film I've seen. But, let me explain why. Um, so, one one of the drug dealers and sons played by Alan Piantini, and who was also in another film. Now, I haven't seen this. It's not really a recommendation as such. I'm sure it wouldn't be a recommendation even if I had seen it. I'll tell you what it is. Um, but I've had some not entirely tongue-in-cheek conversations with a film teacher friend about like the brilliant rubbishness of this film and others like it. Um, and it's the film Sharktopus vs. Terracuda, um, which <laughs> is it just a, it is a ridiculous a monster mutant mashup film as you could ever wish to see or probably not wish to see unless you're wrong yeah that sounds right up my street i can't <laughs> lie that sounds amazing um i'd say i i give up with the caveat of like i do have a much i love the terrible cult movie i have a low tolerance for movies that are trying to be cult that makes sense <laughs> you know Shark yeah. octopus, like those sort of things. I'm like, like you aren't you aren't trying to make a like you aren't making the best film you can, and it kind of fails. Like you are seeking to make a bad film for cultists, and I have a um, a low tolerance for those. But yes, I entirely agree. That sounds like my kind of thing. Good. <laughs> so I've got two recommendations: one kind of thematic, and one kind of actually linked. So we've talked a little bit about um, Pepe. In this movie, he was played by an actor called Hemke Madeira, um, who has gone on to do a lot of things. But weirdly, having watched this movie very recently, um, and I put two and two together, and it's an episode, he plays someone called Mr. Del Mar in Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, now, he has been in one scene. He owns a local bodega in New York, and uh, as a funny moment between him talking about um Peter Parker's aunt in a um, appreciative manner and Peter Parker making a joke about his daughter in return. It's a funny little scene. But he's that link to that movie and I just kind of think I've always liked all of the Spider-Man movies and I think that Spider-Man Homecoming was a really nice, really good, strong entry into MCU. I think mostly because it didn't bother doing any kind of origin story. It just went, here's a superhero at this point, you can just buy into me as a pro. And it's just mm. a good, fun adventure. And I think Tom Holland's brilliant at it. And this is just a chance for me to sing about that movie, I suppose. My second recommendation is a movie that, in many ways, doesn't seem linked at all. But I kind of I feel the connection between the two of them. Um, and that is the 2018 film Blind Spotting. Now, this is an a wondrous movie but hasn't been seen by a lot of people over in the UK but essentially it's about two best friends who are dealing with gentrification are dealing with the estate the area they grew up in changing they're dealing with police violence 
and they're dealing with the changing lives they're going through in the changing worlds and one of them coming out of prison and dealing with that and the other one trying to put his life together and these two friends who not come from different sides of the tracks they come from the same side of the tracks but are going in different directions and what they're doing and dealing with that and I think for me blind spotting feels like the vibe this film should have had this film is it's David Diggs, who obviously made his name doing Hamilton, but he plays one of the friends, um, and Raphael Casal plays the other friend. There is rap in this movie. There is wonderfully funny moments, but also like, genuinely scary violence and a haunting of these lurking problems in their lives, be it fear of the police, be it the violence that surrounds the identification of their air actor and it you know and it also deals with you know, partly of the the police officer who's involved in the, in the shooting his side of things and the idea of what he goes through and how it humanizes him in a way and humanizes everyone in the story and this film feels so much like what Uniol could have been but wasn't also i think it's a brilliant film that more people would see it hasn't had a big audience over in the UK, but it really, really, really should. I, I just, yeah, five stars was the ball for me, that one is. Um, but yeah, Blind Spotting. There was a TV series that followed it, I think. I haven't seen that myself. Um, but yeah, it's set in Oakland in America, um, and it is a very real feel of the Oakland estates they're from. So there's one too. So guys, that is our discussion on Uniol. We will be back in a few weeks' time with our next movie in our world tour through latin america till then you can find us on twitter at prestige podcast you can find just me we can send me an email prestige film podcast or word at gmail.com and we will be back in two weeks with our next episode see you then